This week on Inside Motorsport, we have a look at the Bathurst Six Hour, which was run over the Easter weekend. I hope you'll stay with us. Beric Linden and Tim Lay took out the Bathurst Six Hour last Sunday at the Mount Panorama Circuit. Beric Linden joins us on the line now, and congratulations, Beric. Victory at Bathurst is special, particularly when it comes at one of the uh, the four prestige events of the year. Oh, well, thanks, you know, it's uh, very special for the team. They've worked hard and we got so close last year and with a brand new car to be able to bring it back this year and get the victory and uh, I guess in the end do it a little bit easier than maybe we thought. It's, uh, it's a great reward for everybody involved. It was an interesting race and uh, I said to you off here, did you have any troubles at all? Because it seemed to be completely uh, trouble free yeah look it was it was uh you know we had a little electronic thing on the odd occasion and we both worked out what we thought was causing it so we just drove around and tried not to do that with the gearbox but other than that you know we we predicted it'd be a very green race uh i think just because of the probably the quality of the cars entered and uh the, the smaller field meant for the you know the traffic was great they all waved you through and moved over and you know everybody respected each other as drivers out there and so, you know, less numbers, fewer incidents. So it was a long green runs and uh, the car ran well. And, you know, the tyres, we could have done the whole race on one set of tyres at the end we, when we pulled them apart and looked at them. So uh, the car went well. Six hours at Mount Panorama is a daunting task. But you and Tim Laid have, for the past, what, four years, been a the driving combination. So you obviously enjoy each other's company and... Uh, have been working extremely well together over that period of time. Yeah, you know, Tim and I have been mates for, for a long time, for many years, and, uh, you know, racing in the production car championship at one stage, I said, mate, why don't you come back and jump in a car and we'll share the car. And so we did that with the 1M that we took to the first two, six hours, and then we built the M3 because we deemed that is the best car for the category under the 3E rules. Uh, both times we've turned up, we've been given a balance of performance with uh, last year's ride height, this year boost. And then because of Tim's qualifying lap this year, they then gave us another balance of performance and gave us a fifth pit stop. So we got that at 9.30 yesterday morning and uh, had to reevaluate our strategy a little bit to squeeze in an extra pit stop. Production car racing is what older listeners grew up with and really what we see out on the track now is very much akin to what the 60s and 70s brought us for the uh, what was then the Armstrong 500. Oh, look, absolutely. I mean, and the, the message back then was win on Sunday, sell on Monday. And I don't think it's really any different. All those cars are production cars. You know, that the car, our car is an M3. It's what you can buy on the showroom. The only difference is we've got different suspension and different brakes, and then add the safety gear. Um, the engines are not touched. There's no additional aerodynamics. You know, it, it is a, it's a road-going car, really. You mentioned about getting an extra balance of performance. How... How did you decide to play that out in the, what was it, you forget at 9.30, race starts at uh, quarter to 12, so how did you go in that intervening two and a half hours on working through how you might play your cards? Well, it was, it was just, it was really, it was an extra pit stop that we didn't need. Um, you know, obviously from the penalty point of view, we don't agree with it. We built the best car for the race, but we got served it and we have to deal with it, but... 
it physically wasn't what we should have needed either. We should have been able to do the race for four pit stops. The car will run about an hour and 10 to an hour and 15 on a tank. It was a bit cooler yesterday down there, so it actually uses less fuel. The car's that smart. It adjusts all of that, as many of the cars in this day and age do. So we could have actually done it on four pit stops and got home. So it was trying to work out when to do it. And, you know, you've got to let the race unfold and see what the strategy is. And they called me in for the first stop and I said I've got enough fuel to do one more lap let's do one more lap you know because the safety car could come out mm. and I want to go down a lap and I didn't know anybody had fitted at that stage and then when I came down I think at the forest elbow on that last lap there was a car in the wall I said there's going to be a safety car I may even have to cruise it around you know on reserve to get to wait for it anyway it came out as I went through the chase so we pitted straight away and that obviously helped set us up for the rest of the day because we got a massive gap on all of our competitors because they'd already all pitted. So then it was just balancing it and we were going to stop under one safety car and get it out of the way. And in the end, I was dressed and ready and I said, no, that's not. They're getting that. They're recovering that car too quickly. So, you know, in the end, it came down to before we needed, you know, before we were completely empty, we pitted under green with me in the car in my second stint to fill it. And then knowing when I handed over to Tim not long after that, it would be a shorter stop for the fuel, which means we can change the left-hand tyres just to be safe in the one-and-a-half-minute compulsory time that you've got to be in pit lane. What was interesting for me was at that two-hour mark, you had lapped the field at that stage. And that's something that in any sort of racing, lapping the field is such a rarity these days. Oh, look, absolutely. We certainly didn't expect to be lapping the field. And there were so many strong cars out there. Now, obviously, everybody knows the Sharons and the previous winners, and they've been on the podium several times, but we certainly didn't be expect to be in that position. But that, that came around that first pit stop for us where we got to do it on a safety car, and they'd all done it under green, so that gave us that massive margin of being three-quarters of the lap or you know, seven-eighths of the lap ahead. And uh, when we got on the radio to Tim, we said, push, because if you can pass the Sharons, you're going to put them a lap down, and that makes it harder for them all day um, to try and get that back. And then there's us a box seat to, to, to call our pit stops moving forward. So, you know, we asked him to push and then they got a drive through for a pit lane infringement. Look, I'm not really sure what the infringement was. I've heard a couple of different stories, but at the end of the day, they served their drive through and then the safety car came out again. So, you know, it gave us that lap advantage that we could kind of then take it. I'm not easy, but. We had a bit more time to make some of our decisions. What was also fascinating was uh, you were mentioning you're in the BMW, but what did you think, Jim? And you see David and, and his father, uh, Jeff Russell, in another of the BMWs. They were running in a oh, Class B car, of course. Look, it's, a, it's the car. We know the car from when the Sharon brothers ran them. And, you know, it's, again, it's a well-prepped car. And obviously we know Dave Russell can drive. And his dad's been a long-time driver. So those, those guys did an amazing job at, you know, to get fourth outright in that car and only just go down at the end to the Commodore. Um, you know, it was a good fight. It was a bit of interest to watch on TV for me instead of watching the clock count down while Tim was in the car. Um, but, you know, they did a great job. And as I said, the car, that car's always been prepared well. So it doesn't surprise me that much. It's, you know, it's six hours. And what can happen in six hours and what happened to a lot of other teams in that six hours. Um, we were lucky and we, I think we prepared very well this time had no mistakes, the luck fell our way. Others didn't have that, and that's why some of these lower-class cars can get into top five and top ten results in a race like that. What do you think was the the reason for only 44 cars this year? I think the uncertainty with uh, the new tyres, with MRF that we had to run, um, 
you know, to a majority of the competitors, we got them late January, early February as the first set that would be the batch that would be racing at Bathurst on. Um, you know, and in this production class, it's I guess it's gentleman racing. You know, everybody's a small business owner. We're not V8 supercar teams that can just go testing all day, you know, and so people were not sure and there had been some issues or, you know, no one wants to say failures, but people were having problems with the tyres and we certainly had our own problems when we ran Sydney Motorsport Park at the first round of the Nationals in, on them. We listed three sets on the Friday. You know, that's a lot of money to put in the bin um, for anybody. So I think just that uncertainty, I think probably a couple of cars that don't have the refuelling capability that was mandatory this year um, to have the proper system. But I think just the, the uncertainty, but to be fair, you know, the, the wear on the tyres is negligible. Um, we could have done the whole race on one set of tyres, but we did a lot of testing as well to work out what the setup needs to be. And some of the guys that had issues down there on the weekend, I don't think had done testing. Some of them probably had too much negative canvas still on the car, and the tyres don't work like that. So, yeah, I think that's probably why. And for yourself, uh, how does the rest of 2019 shape up? Uh, well, um, we'll sit down now and evaluate what we can do, what we want to do, and um, we're looking, obviously, at still some of the national rounds. Uh, also want to try and support um, the state rounds up here in Queensland because the guys are working really hard to get the club off the ground up here and you know build it up. And they, their first round, uh, they had 20 cars that weekend didn't suit us because it was too close to Bathurst. But, you know, so we'll look at that. We've got a, a second show we may build up. And, you know, I may put the car on the market, see if there's any interest after it's run the six-hour I can always build another one, maybe build something different. I don't know. So, you know, we'll sit down and have a brief debrief about it and a chat and see what we feel like doing. Sounds like uh, you've got plenty of opportunity to get back on the racetrack fairly soon. Yeah, look, absolutely. As I said, you know, there's a couple of Queensland rounds coming up in the next six weeks um, that, you know, definitely want to try and do to support the club. Look, maybe put on a trailer and go down and do uh, a round at the end of uh, May with the New South Wales guys, um, you know, it could be a bit of fun. So, you know, obviously changing the setup for different tyres will be a bit tricky because Queensland tyres are open. Obviously, national level, we're back on MRFs and at state level in New South Wales are on Hancock. So, you know, there's a, a lot of change that you need for each tyre. Yeah, indeed. Well, congratulations once again, Beric. It was a fantastic race and look forward to seeing how uh, your defence now goes in uh, 2020. Yeah, well, uh, we'll we'll see what uh, Tim and I are thinking. He, he definitely told me last night he wants to go back. So we might have to decide that we might need a new weapon to take and, uh, you know, get out of the BMW M for a minute so they stop giving us all those BOPs and come up with something else. But we'll see what happens. So we're looking forward to it. Very. thanks very much for your time. Thank you. That's all we have time for this week on Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.